Welcome to the One Life Community Church Podcast. We're glad you're joining us. Our mission is to lead people to follow Jesus in everyday life. We're on a journey together to live and learn what it means to love God and love people. Our hope is that God would supernaturally use this message to influence and encourage others to follow Jesus. My name is Logan Draper. I'm one of the teaching pastors here. Um, I'm super grateful and blessed to be here. Um, I was telling someone yesterday, this is the first time in a really long time that I selfishly, while I was preparing the sermon this week, um, I think that it was really, I was just writing it to myself over and over again. Um, And so hopefully it's a blessing to you. But I don't know if you're anything like me right now and you're just tired of talking to people about it's a weird season. I'm just so tired of saying the same things over again. Like, man, 2020, what a nightmare. This is such a weird year. I can't wait for this to be over. And, and this has been, for our family, for Katie and I, just an exhausting, an exhausting time. I mean, this has really been just kind of a tough few months when it comes to work, having, you know, making sure that the people at our office keep their job. Am I going to keep my job? You know, we're now quarantined for a while with a, a two-year-old who's just amazingly crazy and a nightmare, and she's all over the place. And in the middle of it, we're like looking at our finances and trying to plan, and then it's like, Katie's like, oh, guess what? We're going to have a baby boy in December. So it's like, oh, okay, um, that's good, good news. And so we're like processing through all these things. We're tired and we're exhausted. And I think for a lot of us, it's kind of been this season, is this challenge of our comfort. Like a lot of us have been challenged with how are we going to get our income? Where does it come from? Is it in danger? Is it not in danger? Um, for some of us, this is the first time in our whole life we've been faced with some hard questions and realities when it comes to race, when it comes to um, government structure, when it comes to police, when it comes to all these things. We're having to have these conversations that we're not ready for. Some of us have never had. It's been uncomfortable and weird. For some of us, we haven't gotten to hang out with our friends as much, the people that we love to spend time around. It's thrown off our rhythms, our everyday life. It's just been different. It's been a, a challenge to who we are and how we operate. And Ronnie just said just a second ago, our mission at One Life is to lead people, to follow Jesus and everyday life. We have no idea what the rest of 2020 holds, 2021. We have no idea what the next 10 years hold, but we do know, we do believe that part of that will never change. We know that our mission is to lead people to follow Jesus no matter what. We want to go into the world and love the world. We want to lead people to follow Jesus, but what may change is everyday life. Our everyday life may look different. Sometimes it's something like a global pandemic that can change it, and sometimes it's personal circumstances that change our everyday life. And if the leading people to follow Jesus and just following Jesus is changed because our everyday life comforts get messed up, and so now following Jesus isn't as fun, it's not as easy, uh, it's not as comfortable, and so we start to change and our eyes begin to adjust. And so that's what we're going to look at today is what happens when our everyday life looks a little different. Is this following of Jesus change? Does it look any different? We're in the series playlist, Songs for the Road. Just, we're going to be in Psalms 126 this morning. Um, and I'm going to pray for us and just ask um, the Lord reveal to us this morning. But uh, before I do, I want to ask you these two questions that I think that you should ask yourself before anytime you read scripture, anytime you listen to a sermon. And it's um, this morning, what is God saying to you? What are you going to do about it? What is God saying to you, and what are you going to do about it? That's been my prayer all week for myself, and so um, that the, the Lord would close your ears to any chaos I say that's not true, um, and that he would open your ears to the scripture and what the Lord wants to speak to you this morning. So what is God saying to you this morning? 
Um, what are we going to do about it? So let's take a few seconds, take a deep breath. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for today and for this time. God, I thank you for giving us a place to meet and people to meet with. God, I just in this moment right now, for myself, for every single person in this room, I just ask that we take a deep breath and we just stop all the chaos in our lives. We just stop our brain from running and we just set in your truth. We just set with you for a few moments this morning. God, I just ask that you would open our ears to hear from you loud and clear. God, that we would give us the boldness just to walk with you into everyday life. We love you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Psalms 126 says this, When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who dreamed. Our mouths were filled with laughter, our tongues with songs of joy. Then it was said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us, and we were filled with joy. Restore our fortunes, Lord, like the streams in the Gev. Those who sow with tears will reap with songs of joy. Those who go out weeping, carrying seed to sow, will return with songs of joy, carrying sheaves with them. Now, it's a lot here. It's kind of a lot to unpack. But what we're seeing is we're seeing the author praising God for the restoration of God's people. They're in captivity, and they're physically now out of captivity and being removed. But, but what's actually happening here is that we see that while God's people are in bondage, they're in captivity, the Lord softens their heart. They repent their lives change. In the midst of physical chaos, their hearts change, and they're free, ultimately physically freed as well. God's people changed and redeemed. But in verse 2, it says, Our mouths were filled with laughter, our tongues with songs of joy. Then it was said among the nations. They were so happy and so full of joy that people were talking about it. So happy, so full of joy, the people around them were talking about it. So my first question for you this morning is, do you live a life that radiates a joy that people talk about? Now, if you're like me, that person a little bit sounds like a nightmare. We're going to work through that. So I'm not talking about the person who's just overly happy all the time. You know what I'm talking about, the person that you're just like, you see them coming from a distance, and you're just like, I'm going to do everything in my power to not talk about them. If you're an introvert, you don't know them because you've avoided them. If you're an extrovert, you still don't like them because they're a different level. I'm talking about a joy that when people are around you, there's a peace, there's a comfort. There's a, that they want, people want to be around you in your life. They see something different. Even in the midst of chaos, they, they feel it. They know, they, they see Jesus in and through you. Do we live a life that radiates this kind of joy? Now, maybe when you hear this Psalm 126 you're like me, and your heart's like, I think I'm sowing more seeds of tears than I am laughter. It's okay. But we see so much in here that the Lord's unpacking. Um, for me, this season, it's just been, I mean, it's just been exhausting. It's been tiring. There's been all these different elements that have thrown my way, and, and my anxieties have just been constantly high. And it's been frustrating to try to communicate it with Katie, with other people, like, Hey, I'm really anxious. She's like, why? What's going on? It's like, I have no idea. I'm just, I'm overwhelmed and I'm tired. And for me personally, I've, I've learned so much through this community and through people that love me, but my identity is in question in those moments. 
For me, I start to stop believing what the Lord has said about me, and I start believing and, and finding other ways to try to find happiness. So what happens is I get my value as a human. I get my worth in what I do and my work. So if I can serve you and I can love you and I take care of people well, then I'm valuable. And so the moment when people start getting taken out of my life and things start to change, I become invaluable to myself and this whole tape begins to play in my head. My identity's in question. I'm in question. I'm not a good person. I'm not a good believer. I'm exhausted. I'm not a good dad. And this thing just becomes overwhelming and my eyes get set on, how do I fix this? Not who fixed it. It becomes exhausting and tiring and I, I get frustrated. So I, I begin to find these other ways to have fun or to relax and it, it pulls my focus. So my second question this morning for you is, where are you currently looking to find joy. Like when you wake up in the morning and you think about your day, what is the thing that you're most excited about that day? Is it like the first cup of coffee? Are you just ready to get through the work day, come home, put your kids to sleep, finally, drink a glass of whiskey? Are you, are you looking to go play golf? Is it a TV show? Is it binge Netflix? What is these things in our life? And again, not all of those things are bad things. I heavily look forward to every week the chance to possibly go play golf. I love getting to just hang out with people and get away for a little bit and check out, and that's a good thing. But if my whole week is built around this moment, I think I'll have a problem. Again, they're not bad things, but we're constantly pursuing temporary satisfaction. We're jumping from one thing to make us happy to the next, and, and that's not the joy that these people are singing and praying and, and, and dancing and laughing about. It's not something that's just like, man, that was a good movie. This is like a, hey, the Lord has radically changed me forever, and I'm grateful, I'm, I'm happy. So where are you currently looking for joy today? I think for a lot of us, we look for joy in whatever object or person. And if you've ever invested enough time thinking that some person, whether it be a spouse, a kid, I'm always thinking it's crazy when parents like put all their joy in their kids like that. I'm only two years into this game, and I've already seen it. It's not going to work out perfect. <laughs> Marriage, like you're, you're going to be let down if it's a, a human being. We, we get let down over and over again. We become frustrated and disappointed that it keeps happening. But, but we see that as God's people are celebrating, they're celebrating this liberation, not just of, of freedom from actual physical slavery, but God wanted something so much more than the physical. He wanted everything from them. He changed their hearts in the midst of it. We see it in verse one. He says, when the Lord restored their fortunes, Zion, so restored them, but then we go all the way down to verse four and it says, restore our fortunes, Lord, like the streams. So restored, and then they say restore. It's an ongoing process. It's something for them that though they had been physically freed and, and they'd met and been in God's presence, they wanted this continuously. God, don't leave us. Don't walk away. We want to continuously walk through this with you. We want to know, remind us of who we are. This is my constant struggle as a, as a man. It's just the reminder of my own identity. Who am I? What has God said about me? And what am I going to do about it? And Katie and I, just like in this process of now that we're having another kid, like trying to like increasingly become adults. And so... Part of that is like, hey, we got to actually have adult rhythms with a kid. And so we have these same rhythms we follow every day, and it's been so good for our family. And so we come home, we eat, we play with Ellie. We only have about two and a half hours with her. 
And then after she eats some nights, we give her a bath. And so we, we kind of, Katie and I just have divvied up jobs. So Katie gives her a bath, and then I come in there and we play, and then I, I dry her off. We end up in the mirror, and we're just laughing and we're flexing, and I'm trying to teach her things that I think are important, Jesus. And then, like, we're going through the Texas Rangers lineup, and we're just like, These, this, okay, this is who's going to play this year. It could be hurt. We're just, like, working through stuff, and we just laugh, and we just have so much fun. And then we go, and I put her in her PJs, and we laugh, and it's, it's easily for those moments the happiest I am all week. I love it. It's so much fun. And then I brush her hair, we sing a song, and then we go. I sit down in the chair. Katie made some milk, so we, Ellie sits down and, and she drinks milk. And so usually we watch something just dumb. And we watch Baby Shark, which I just recently found out there's four million variations of it. So we're just like rolling through it on YouTube. I've seen Frozen four million times, like Toy Story, all five of them, four of them. Like we just, it's the same thing every night. And it's exhausting. And so this week, Katie just said, hey, let's listen, let's listen to a worship song. I know this is probably a bad time to confess this, but my first thought was like, I don't know about that tonight. <laughs> it's been a bad week. I'd rather listen to like anything. Like, I grew up listening to Nelly. Like, could we start her on something different? Like, but she goes to daycare every day and they listen to worship music and she loves it. And we didn't even know that they were doing that until one day in the car she was just singing the song. Katie's crying and trying to call me. So Katie's like, we're going to put on some worship tonight. I was like, whatever. She's like, we're going to listen to Waymaker. And I was like, Ugh. we're going like more Christian. If it's the Tomlin version, I'm out. <laughs> more and more. It's just that place where I just, I just need to check out. I'm just waiting for Ellie to get to sleep so that I can have some moments to myself. So this song starts playing. And Ellie starts singing. And so I'm trying to already cry. I don't know why. But it's, it's, it's a moment where my heart just starts to flutter. It's like, oh, like, this is beautiful. This is cool. I love this. And it keeps going, and she just keeps singing. And I don't know how she's memorized this whole thing, but it gets to the part where it's, uh, even when I don't see it, even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop. You never stop working. Even when I don't see it, even when I don't feel it. And I'm just like holding Ellie, and Katie's talking to me. I don't think I'm even there anymore, and she just gets Ellie and they leave the room and I just sat in, the, in my chair and I just cried. But for those moments, my whole routine had changed. And it all changed because Katie wanted to do something slightly different and a two-year-old was reminding me of who I am. And that's all I needed to hear. Was even when I don't see it, even when I don't feel it, even though I don't feel like I'm doing well right now, he's here, he's with me, it's an ongoing process. I'm okay. Yes. I just cried and I cried and Katie came in there and I, just, I, just, I think I just left. I was like, I don't, I don't think I can talk about this right now. And it's really weird when your spouse walks in the room and you're just crying. So I was like, I'm going to just go outside and do something. And so, but that changed my whole week. My identity in me was re-reminded of I'm a son of the Most High. I'm free and forgiven. And no matter if everything else is taken away, this is true, this is a fact, this is everything. This is what I get to rest in. It was my daughter who I still have to physically change her when she goes to the bathroom, reminding me that I'm okay. Our routine was changed and, and I was just trying to get to the finish line and the Lord had a totally different plans and I think that's what these people were in. 
I'm sure when they begin to pray and think they were just trying to get out of physical slavery, but the Lord did something totally different and radically changed them to the point that a joy that radiated everywhere. What we believe about ourselves is incredibly important. It's not a self-help book, but we do know the Lord is very clear on what our identity is and who it should be in. So my question this morning is, what has God said about you that you aren't believing? What has God said about you today, this morning, that you are not believing? And I know there are people in this room that, that may not know what God has said about them. You may have no idea what you're supposed to believe, but I, I can tell you that we constantly, every week, when we preach, every song we sing is a reminder of these traits that, that you were fearfully and wonderfully made. God breathed life into you. And though we have tried to destroy every bit of it, we can't out it, we can't outrun it, and we can't leave it. We are free because of the person and the work of Jesus. Jesus paid for it. 33 years, sinless life, ultimately to be killed, dead, buried, to kick the tomb open, resurrect and defeat sin and death, a freedom that you are clean and being restored. That's what these people were singing about. This was joy, this was happiness. That's who we are. And anybody else who tells you different or any other truth that you believe different is not true. two-year-old this week to remind me that no, I may not feel it this week. I may not feel like a good believer. I may not see it. I may not know it. But it's true regardless. Fearfully and I'm wonderfully made. When we look at this story or, or any week, there's, there's a lot of elements in here. And I know there's a lot of people that maybe the season of uncomfort's been a long season of uncomfort. Maybe you have circumstances in your life that are very painful physically. And I do believe deeply that the Lord heals, the Lord changes lives completely. But I, we only know a few things to be 100% true. We can't guarantee that the physical bondage that you're in, we may see an end to it. We can't guarantee that this COVID thing is going to get better. We can't guarantee the most important thing that sports are coming back soon. We, we cannot, I'm just kidding. Uh, we can't guarantee a lot of things. We can't guarantee that your marriage will get better, that your kids will be safe. We can't guarantee these things. That's a hard reality. But what we can guarantee and what we do know is that the person and the work of Jesus and this God who liberated them throughout all of Scripture, throughout all of time, has never changed. It's never changed. It's the only thing that we can hang our hat on. We cannot guarantee that, that everything will get better, that your finances will get better. We believe the Lord wants good for us and that he puts things in our path, but to hang our hat on these things changing so that the Lord will be bigger in our life is so dangerous. The Lord is good now where you are in the midst of your personal chaos. The Lord is good now setting with it, and we, we see it as we, as we look and we see that, verse 5, those who sow in tears shall reap with shouts of joy. The Lord is changing you is loving you in the midst of your bondage, in the midst of your chaos. He's not waiting for you to become free, for you to get it together, for you to get a new Bible app. He's not waiting for you to start memorizing scripture. All of these things, though good and powerful, the Lord is with you now in the midst of your current chaos. So I'm looking to change that. That's the joy they're singing about. 
that will always be my struggle and my identity is that I get so much value in what I do. So if I feel like I'm doing the right things, I believe the Lord's closer. But it's a lie that I buy into and I just can stop and sit in the midst of all chaos and just know that I can sing and I can cry. Do God love me despite me? The God who saved me despite me, who pursued me despite me. If we spend all of our time waiting for our circumstances to change, I just think that we're going to live a life missing joy, missing hope. What if? What if your current circumstances don't get better? I know that's the worst thing I can ever say. This is not like a fear doom and gloom thing, but what if your current situation does not get better, but the Lord changes you slowly, and you fall more in love with him, and those circumstances become less and less important? What if it doesn't get better, but you begin to change, and you begin to surrender, and you begin to love and be loved, and the circumstances don't matter as much? And to be very clear, there's a lot of people in here we're facing some incredibly difficult things. I think Jesus sets with you and I think he weeps with you and I think he loves you. And I don't think that you should feel any burden spiritually that, that because you're struggling with the current situation here that you are not doing things well. I'm just encouraging you. You don't have to hang your hat on it. There's only one truth that we can live and die by. There's only one person, there's only one God who's never changed from beginning till now. Live in a world that's full of letdown. Just get on Facebook. Just read the news. It's, it's now every move we make, everything we do is a is a stance. It's it's a political statement. It's a thought. But what if the only thing that we can control is whose feet we set at? And the rest just our outflowing of what God has done in us and wants to do through us. I, I don't know where you're sitting now, what, what's going on in your life. I've spent all week this week just saying 1 Peter 5, 7, cast all your anxieties on him because, because he cares for you, just, just because he cares for you. Like just live in this, like just live in this moment and just a complete transparency. Like if there's ever been a week, I told Ronnie this, so it's his fault. If there's ever been a week that I should not have been allowed to be up here, I just was not here. I just, I was broken and exhausted and tired. And at the very beginning of this, I listed off all the things in my life that were causing me chaos, that were exhausting. All those things that I listed were good, but my perspective and eyes were different. Like, my job is exhausting, but I have a job and means. I have the ability to work. No matter the chaos, no matter how hard, I love what I do and I get to do it, and I still have it, it's a blessing. We have a two-year-old running around who reminded me this week of the gospel who's the greatest thing. I love her so much. We're having another kid. At the very beginning, I said that as a negative. Who cares about the finances? Who cares about anything? We're so blessed to be able to have another kid. It's perspective. It's how we look at things. And, and these people that were singing and, and celebrating, they were celebrating a God that circumstances were not good. But that God was with them, loved them, and redeemed them. I've never walked in your shoes. I, I don't know your circumstances, and I know there's a lot of people in this room, 
a lot of people that will be listening online later, their circumstances are brutal. I want to encourage you that the Lord is with you in it. I think sometimes our eyes get too hung up on those circumstances changing versus who ultimately will deliver us from everything. There's freedom. If you don't know your identity, I encourage you this morning just to begin the process of saying, what is God saying about me? What does that mean? What am I going to do about it? What are these things in me that the Lord has said are true despite me? Despite what happened last night, despite what happened this last month, this last year, those things are true because of the blood of Jesus. Are you believing them? Last thing I want to encourage you is I'd encourage you to have people around you that can show you when your identity is not there. Say, like, I don't know who you are right now, Logan, but, but you're not believing these things. But also, people in your life, they can just sit with you and say, hey, it's okay, you're not good. Like, I love you, it's okay to not be okay, and I'll just sit with you in it. But I think sometimes we don't live this life that radiates a joy that our city just can feel and see because we're too busy trying to fix these other things. What if today you did not have to clean your house for your life to get better this week? What if you didn't have to any of these things that we've built up to be the most important? What if you just were able to sit and be still for a few minutes and know that despite what happens this next week, you're exactly who you were created to be? That's why the sermon was written for me. This is the season I'm in, and this is what I want to believe deeply for myself and for us and for the city. What is God saying to us this morning? What are we going to do about it? Let's pray. God, thank you. Thank you for freedom and for grace. God, I thank you for putting us in a place with people, God, in a season that we don't don't always know what we're doing. We don't know where we're going. We don't know how things are going to work. But we know that you are who you say you are. We know that we are who you say we are. God, I just ask right now, for the people in this room and just in this moment specifically, for the people whose hearts are just racing, who are exhausted. God, that you just give them peace and hope and comfort. God, that you remind them that, that despite everything else, they were created by you and for you. God, that we, we would be people that don't overcomplicate all of this, but we just simplify the gospel. We're reminded that despite us, you loved us and you saved us and we are free. God, I pray for the people in this room right now that are seeking community, God, that they know that community is near, but even before community, that they can just set with you. The people who are trying to get out of an addiction, God, that, that, that you continue to work on them and change them and put the people around them that can help change them. Before all of that, they just know that you love them right now. God, you loved us in the midst of our chaos and our bondage. We thank you for that. Cross in Jesus' name, amen.